This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. Today's guest has given us the game on being an all-around jack-of-all-trades and elite connector. He has supplied the cars, the jets, the homes, and models for some of your favorite videos filmed in South Africa. From P-Square to his own music videos, my friend Tafuma, a.k.a. T-Mula, a rap reggae-style artist that you can see on YouTube. Last year, he got a Zim Hip Hop Award from his home country, Zimbabwe. Welcome, my guest, T. Mula, what's going on, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, man? How you doing? Thank you for having me. Man, thank you for coming on. This is our round two, people, just so you know, because glitches happen, things happen. Sometimes the best of us make mistakes. But, man, I'm glad to have you on, and I'm even happier that you were able to come on my client's show the African Diaspora News Channel, and, you know, folks really loved what you were doing, and I think you really inspired some people, not just, yeah, not just in South Africa, but here, because, you know, we're a little ignorant out here sometimes to Africa, so tell the folks who may not know, who didn't catch that interview, what Moolah VIP Rentals does. Uh, Moolah VIP Rentals is a luxury concierge uh, company. We uh, rent out luxury cars, uh, luxury properties. We do air charters like uh, private jets and helicopters. And we do film and TV production as well because that's been our bigger niche. So we, we dip and dab in different things, but it's all VIP rentals, just like the name says. Okay, and, and with VIP, that lets you know, people, you need a VIP price. Um, how did you... Well, not just how did you get involved. When I, I'm going to tell the story, folks. When I met Tafuma, what he's doing now, he was doing then. And similar to what I was doing now, I'm doing what I was doing then, I'm doing now. It's just on a bigger uh-huh. scale and just it's more money, more people involved. But we met when he was at Monash University over like 10 years ago, which is like, wow, where did the time go? But everyone yeah. was like, you got to meet. To Fuma because he's a connector and he was, you know, doing the events clubs. He knew everybody. Um, where did the drive come from and, and how did you start getting into the clubs and then transitioning into the, the cars, the jets, the homes and everything else? Well, okay. Um, I've always been like an entertainment um, entrepreneur. Uh, so I started off, I mean, in college, I've always been, I mean, I'm an artist myself, Uh, then events, doing events, throwing parties. And I discovered it was something that I was actually, you know, good at. And uh, in order to be able to throw events, you need to know people. People need to want to support you. You know what I mean? So I used to get good support from, you know, from uh, different people. And then my parties were really, really cool and everything, you know. And then um, I... I started working, you know, on and off. That wasn't enough to like pay all the bills, but it it was always like passion in the background and never stopped, kept doing, uh, you know, all those hustles as uh, secondary income. 
you know, then I got myself an opportunity to have access to a lot of vehicles, um, you know, in, in one job that I was in. Uh, you know, we had some luxury cars that were literally just not doing anything because they, you know, our principal couldn't drive all of them. And so I proposed to start a business, you know, and I started a, a, a business of renting out cars. I had access to six cars at the time. And um, I started renting out those cars and I started making more money than I was making, you know, at work. And uh, it, it was it was so much more. I Eventually I had to resign and... You know, um, I still got uh, good support and uh, blessings to continue my new venture. So I started the car rental business. You know, I took one car to a music video set. Everybody wanted to know who came with this Bentley, who came with this Maserati. And then at that set, you know, 10 people will take my phone number and then they'll call me again. And yeah, I use the different cars until I got to a point where I was like, now I need to put in a system to get access to more vehicles because I'm, you know, most of the artists around town are now getting wind of, um, you know, my capability. And then further to that, you know, I rented a couple of cars to a couple of music video sets. Uh, words getting around there that I, you know, I, I will pull up. If I say Maybach's coming, it will come. And I started getting more cars and more clients and more sets. And it just was like that. The next thing I realized, okay, I'm bringing all these cars to very beautiful houses. And, you know, somebody asked me for a house. Then I started getting database of the houses as well. And, yeah, on and on and on. And then, you know, it got to a point where we moved just from music videos to other kinds of rentals. You know, with the houses, it became events. It became parties. It became, you know, stuff like that. With the cars as well, not just film and TV. There's weddings. There's matric dances. There's different uh, needs for luxury transport. So, you know, we just started pushing it like that. And that's how we've, uh, you know, grown the whole thing um, as is. Man, awesome, awesome. And, and, and it all sounds so organic, relationship-based, where you didn't even need a lot of money to be able to do what you're doing. You just needed the relationships and people to trust you. Is that correct? 100%, bro, 100% built the reputation, you know, saw an opportunity, put it together, and just started, you know, building a good rapport and a good reputation around town for delivering, you know. And that's the most important thing that we've built a reputation around where we've already helped with a lot of artists' careers in terms of their visuals, like the whole of Africa, literally. But besides that, um, we're at a point where people trust us. If, some, if we send out an invoice, we get all our payments up front. And people do not producers and directors and uh, you know brides and grooms they they can sleep comfortably knowing that when we send money to Moolah VIP rentals that Rolls Royce is going to pull up or that Lambo is going to pull up or you know what I mean so that's the the best thing about the position we put ourselves in is that we've gained the trust of a lot of people in the industry and and tell the folks how, you know, you take a $300,000 car to a music video set or a wedding and how you make sure that, you know, you're covered, um, the vehicle's going to be safe. If anything does happen, um, I know one of the stories you said, it was, you know, um, one of the stories you said, you know, if something happens, 
the artist or whoever, you know, the insurance picks it up. And I, and I want you to talk about that because in the West, when you talk about real estate and when you talk about insurance, folks are so ignorant. They're like, wait, you can do have insurance? Because my, they always know one friend who says, you know, Africa, who's from there, Africa is so third world where South Africa is, you know, not third world at all. But talk about how that works so someone on this side can hear it and say, oh, wow. So if he has no excuse, I have no excuse. And these are the things I need to put into place. Yeah, um, well, we always, um, first of all, uh, we because of our experience, we can kind of, from the information about a production or about a client, we can kind of tell whether it's up to the professionalism that we um, you know, expect. And if it's not, we can entertainment business consult to ensure that uh, whatever it is we're doing is to a certain professionalism. And you know, professionalism comes with the care of assets. Uh, you, know, you don't need to worry about people that uh, are used to doing you know, certain things. You know what I mean? Like people who are used to shooting in multi-million rand houses, they know that when we're shooting, we need to make sure the floors are safe. When we're moving stuff, we need to make sure that it's like this, like that. When, you know, art direction, if we really have to move something, we must take a picture of what it is so that we can return it to what it was. Uh, ETC, ETC. So it's, it's, it's really dissecting the inquiries and advising where we see that uh, things are not covered, you know, or our assets will not be safe. There's some guys who like to spin cars. Um, you know, just one guy wanted to spin a Lambo in a certain environment. We're like, no, dog, that's not gonna. It's not gonna suffice. It's good. That's it's dangerous for the vehicle. Um, you know, and then certain stunts and you know things that that we we know how to do. If we're gonna get someone to, to throw a car, we're gonna get a professional that we know that does that on a daily. That will know how to swing it and and do stunts. You know what I mean? So. So we've got due diligence from experience to understand what the intentions are, whether it's a production, whether it's, it's, it's a wedding, where exactly is the car going? We do our geo mapping to understand the terrain and everything, you know, so that, that's how we keep things safe. And we haven't had too many issues in the past six years. No, that that's that's beautiful, and you also have the car chauffeured, so that artist who does want to swing it, I mean, when they're in it, it's all kind of you know a visual effect. I I remember you 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 telling me that. That's crazy. for most of the for most of the part we do that, uh, but sometimes guys really want that driving shot, you know. So we also do our due diligence to find out if the person can drive. Have you ever driven a machine? that's on the same level, you know, and then is it a controlled environment as well? And then, you know, we'll also uh, be a little bit flexible so that the art can also, you know, look proper. I'd love for you to do um, on your YouTube, your personal YouTube one day and just do like openers because even driving the Tesla, um, it's a different feel than driving the Bentley where you can say, you know, start engine and folks would be like, wait, what? And, and I remember, you know, I'm old school. So I remember when push to start came out, but the, the Mercedes <laughs> has been able to do that, you know, for, you know, I remember being a kid be like, oh, wow. But those, these are the luxuries of when you 
uh, have the means. And now it's just more and more people are being able, the things are getting cheaper. So that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. In South Africa, what part was it like you had to get over, you know, there is the xenophobia sometimes. There is the, I'm from Zimbabwe and I want to be the leader and the creator of this here. How did you tackle that? Um, I think Joburg is a, is a very multi-racial, multi-country kind of um, hotpot. Joburg is like a, a, a small New York, you know, for, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it. So, um, you know, if you've got value-adding contribution, it's, we, we don't look at where you're from anymore. You know, there's a lot of West African, Central African, Zimbabwean, East African brothers that are in Joburg that are, are working well with, you know, the locals as well, especially in the things that we, in, in the industries that we work in, because it's, it's beyond your, 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 your color or anything. It's, it's about what can you, what can you do towards um, adding value to the last product? So, you know, and my, my little, you know, business has been quite a niche on its own. So uh, we've, we've been accepted, you know, even if you, you, you don't want to utilize us because you've got a personal thing against me, you'll find yourself needing us, you know. So I think if anyone has had that uh, thought, any, any local has had that thought, any South African, I think they, they quickly shy away from it and also have, having said that i've got you know south africa has has given me everything you know this is where i've spent most of my life and i thank a lot of the people that i know here i've got a lot of friends a lot of family um you know and they you know they they welcome me i haven't really had any issues particularly about xenophobia but i do know that it's something that does exist, especially in, um, especially in, you would like to say, the lower bracket income areas where competition for resources is, is very, very scarce and very, very deep. That's usually where, you know, the roots of, of, of the xenophobia come from. And it's a sad thing. And we hope that, you know, with all the things going on in the world, even this corona right now, people realize that, you know, we've got to have each other's backs, you know, and be human towards each other, you know, going forward, if anyone didn't think like that in the past. You know, so it hasn't been too much of an issue for me in my life. Well, I'm glad you said it, because I didn't want to brush over that, because, you know, many moons ago when I was in South Africa, I did not see that. But I didn't see a lot, but being an American, I always say there's just an American privilege, especially when you come with just, I'm here just to, you know, listen and learn and experience and, and, and I don't, you know, just whatever, whatever comes. So I'm glad you say that. And it's, so it's, it's class warfare. Um, you know, the, the big eat the little and the little say, Hey, where are you from? We do that in Oakland too. And every hood I think does that, you know, where are you from? Um, <laughs> yeah. It is what it is, man. Yeah. Talk about those Zimbabwe because, you know, last year you got the Zim Award and, you know, I, I love the plaque, whatnot. 
you know, and, and you got to speak and you got to perform. Talk about Zimbabwe and how the music scene and the movie scene is there and what you're, if you have any plans to do anything there as well. Yeah, I mean, I've always um, represented um, Zimbabwe everywhere I go. They, they know, no one gets it confused about where I'm from. Um, yeah, Zim was good. I was there in December for the Zim Hip Hop Awards. Um, yeah, got me an award. That was, that was great. The industry in Zim is there. It's still trying to catch up with South Africa. Um, resources, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, we're all stakeholders from where we are. We are all stakeholders of, of the Zim, um, you know, music industry. And I think um, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of talent out of Zimbabwe. There's extreme talent from Zim. Um, and people are upping their game. You know, the videos are getting better. The music is getting better. Um, and I think, you know, what I've always advised my, my Zimbabwean counterparts is that, you know, being from a small country in terms of uh, population, Zim is like, you know, we're under 15 million. You know, which is not high compared to South Africa, where the population is about 53, 54 million or something like that. So, you know, it's about four times as much as, as we are, and we're right next door to it. You know, then you look at industries like in the West, in West Africa, where the Nigerians are about 200 million, which is almost four times the number of South Africans. And then on the, in the East, in Tanzania, they're about 50 something mil, but Swahili bongo flavor that music touches into about five or six countries into kenya into uh, i think burundi congo um you know ethiopia as well so the, the when you add it up that's they've got about a 300 million or so market of people just from singing swahili you know so uh, my zim counterparts i advise them because south africa is what we are closest to South Africa is literally like, you know, our older brother. So, you know, I advise them to penetrate this market for the numbers, for the economics. And it's happening because there's also a lot of Zimbabweans within South Africa as well. You know, like I'm saying, it's, it's, it's like a brother country. It's right next to us. So, yeah, all the Zim artists, you got to get your game up in essay. If it means you got to, you know, learn a little bit about a one a dialogue that you a dialect that you don't know and get to know it. If you need to throw in whatever twists you do, because this is where the cheese is at. You know, the numbers are allow for it. Yeah, yeah. H have you ever thought since you can manipulate the game and you know show the 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 top tier elite? you know, vehicles and you have, you know, access to producers and then going to Zim and saying, look, I'm going to just buy up all the radio play like Jay-Z and, you know, not just Jay-Z, but Sony and Universal have always done and say, you know, it's a lot cheaper to be, um, to manipulate and, and do the payola in Zim and just do all my stuff in South Africa and be like the, the king of Zim while living in South Africa. Has that ever crossed your mind? Um, well, more or less what you're saying, uh, you know, and a little bit more, and I've had, you know, people really, they're giving me a big task, and they really think that I'm going to change the game in Zoom, because they know what I'm doing in SA, you know, 
and I've got people that are looking up to me and expecting me to be that person that really changes the game in the Zim and mixes up the South African connect because I've got this connect. So I'm in the process of, of that, of, of doing that, of uh, trying to, uh, you know, cross, crisscross the information so that it eventually equals to, you know, um, a, a more vibrant, more successful industry in Zimbabwe. And, uh, you know, we bring out some product that can be digested across the rest of the world, um, you know, properly. So I'm in the process of that, you know, it's a big responsibility, um, but I'm, I'm willing to do it, you know, step by step, you know, and I'm already in the process. Man, keep me in the loop. I, 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 love, I love stuff like that. Cause you know, America is so saturated and the success that um, I've seen and been a part of, of artists who can go overseas. I remember talking to Big Steel back in the day before he was on the Eminem movie and he was like, forget America. I can go to Dubai and make all the money in a year that I'd make here and not have to deal with all these folks. Um, and many people have done it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I think with like African music, because you can hear three or four languages and different dialects in one song, no matter where, and folks will still rock with it. I mean, I know in, in Zim, you know, Shona and, um, Tosa, I'll mess it up. You know, my forgive my American pronunciation, but I but also in South Africa they speak eleven different languages. So, one, how many languages can you speak? And you know, do you think about you know the ever just saying, hey, I'm gonna do a whole just mix of different languages and dialects in in my music, maybe like a whole album of just world music. Uh, I, I don't fluently speak too many languages. Um, I fluently speak English and Shona, really and truly. But um, I can speak a bit of Zulu. I can hear Zulu. I can speak a few words in Tosa. I can hear Tosa. Uh, I can hear most of the languages, but fluently speak, it's mainly English and Shona. And I always put that in all my music, um, you know. So it's quick to to show that I'm from from Zim. Uh, yeah, I do do a lot of you know I've got a lot of tracks as well with South African artists as well with a bit of Zulu and a bit of Tosa and a bit of different languages, and that's you know in order to 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 widen the the the, the reach, you know what I mean? So more people can can feel the vibe or get curious, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely, I. I've seen artists coming back to Africa who might have been raised in the West and they'll go learn Swahili, you know, uh, and they're like, I didn't speak Swahili growing up. It it wasn't useful, but they have to throw that in their music now. And, you know, and, and it's a beautiful thing. How is it though, being from Zim, being in South Africa and doing business, um, you know, Right now, the hot topic in, in the West is how many passports can I get? Can I be a citizen here? Can I open up a bank account here? Um, you, since you are neighboring countries, it's probably a lot easier for you to go back and forth, or you may have residency or dual citizenship. But is South Africa a country, or is Zim a country that you think folks hearing this could say, oh, I could invest easily there? 
Yeah, I think go. Uh, you know, African countries are more welcoming to people with with money. <laughs> <laughs> They'll welcome you easily. <laughs> you will get a passport and everything real quick. <laughs> Man, I <was> just, <laughs> just don't come broke. <laughs> Just come with good intentions. That's all they try and check, you know, to to make sure that uh, the the value, you know, that the intentions are good, you know. But yeah, it's definitely possible to 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 invest into into Zimbabwe, into South Africa. It's not a difficult thing. I mean, things like property and all are, uh, you know, the usual assets of you know that uh, appreciate. But even if you come in with the, you know, see the market, see some business opportunities and apply yourself, um, you know, they don't make it too difficult for you to, to operate, you know, without a doubt. Okay. No, that, that's good to know. And, you know, I, I'll say for Cameroon to open up a bank account can be very difficult. And so, you know, they may say, hey, we want $200,000, depending on the bank. And, and so I haven't found that in Ethiopia or Kenya um, or, or South Africa, but that's the, like the hot topic, especially with this COV. I had so many people call, say, Kellen, are you still in the States? Or are you in Africa? And I told them, oh, we're, we're chilling in the States right now, but we had just came back from a trip, you know, somewhere. And the thing is, folks are thinking about running to Africa as a contingency, like a you know, we need a backup plan, but you don't want to be somewhere you don't understand the language. You're not already set up because you're not a citizen and you can't get the health care. And Africa doesn't want any broke folks, especially any sick. <laughs> don't come, do not come broke, you know, come with some money. What do you think for those who do want to relocate? And I, and I get a lot of that. Um, what's a good amount of money to come and start a business in South Africa or Zimbabwe? Well, to start in SA, they, you know, to get a business permit, you need five million is what they, what they expect. Um, in Zimbabwe, it's, I think about $200,000 or so, but I'm not sure. I just need to double check that. Uh, you know, being from Zimbabwe, I've never had that issue. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, the other way is, you know, you know, find you a woman here, or find you a, a man here, or something. Man. Come on. <laughs> if those numbers are like scary, like get in a relationship with the country if that's what you really want. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they think... give you a spousal visa and etc. etc. Uh, you know, yeah, but usually to migrate, they require a, a hefty sum of, of money to be able to give you a, a business visa directly. But there's what they call critical skills as well. So if you, you know, one looks at the kind of uh, craft that they have, and maybe there's a shortage of, of such in, in the country, that's also an avenue to, to pursue on, you know. And then there's asylum as well for people coming from really tough situations. But there's, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, you know. So I wouldn't want anyone to be discouraged, um, you know, by the business visa amount because that, that one is a bit high. Uh, 
but yeah. Yeah, they're trying not to have everybody swarm in because, I mean, that's for $5 million, I'm looking at that's like uh, almost $300,000 right now. But people migrate every day, B. And so you've got to, you know, sometimes start somewhere. And sometimes you might need to do a real estate, you know, play where you yep. invest that into some real estate and, and play it like that. Yep. But that's the next wave for my company where we're going to be able to help people do those things because of connections like yours and being able to say, Hey, Tafuma, I got this person. Um, you know, this is, let's talk the money. Boom, boom, boom. And you guide them as a consultant because more and more people want to go. And, and, and folks, I, I see folks do it for Europe all day. You know, I, uh-huh. I've interviewed folks on the platform that have done this and they're making, you know, millions of dollars and having a good time. And that's what it's all, all about. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, so with the, with the Corona here and hopefully it fades away, are they find a vaccine or we start to just learn to live with it? How is your business impacted and what are, are there some new, you know, things that you say, oh, I'm going to get into, you know, a Corona free type business or I'm going to benefit off this actually. What, what's going on? Yo, this is a very tricky situation right now. I'm sure everywhere else in the world as well. Um, for us, you know, we, 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 we shoot, we, we do into productions, we're into events, we're into stuff that everything is on hold. Like literally everything is on hold. We've, and we usually do three, four productions a week, you know, so it's, it's a bit quiet right now. Some people are still shooting because we, ha- we haven't yet been um, given a full country lockdown. We're still, they, it's still like mild. They've closed, you know, they've closed all the spots and the restaurants and everything has to shut at six. The, you know, liquor stores at one, ETC, ETC. But like I've got a production tomorrow, um, you know. There's a, a music video that we're supposed to shoot tomorrow, and everything is a go. But there's a voice note that's going around right now saying that the president might put us on full lockdown this evening. So we don't even know if we're working tomorrow or not. Like it's it's confusing right now, you know. Um, but like anyone else, you know, I'm just trying to do my research on on what's going on to really try and educate myself so that I can also guide those who listen to me on, on an approach to this whole coronavirus. Um, but right now we just, we just staying at home. And for the most part, uh, you know, I was in Botswana a week ago, I was too scared to, drive, to, to fly because I just don't want to go to the airport and I to forfeit my ticket and just drive, you know, drive five hours to and from, just to be in my own car and not be confined in a space with anybody, you know. So it's it's chaos right now. But I think, you know, we're just going to wait it out another week or two and see what the direction is. Um, you know, we've got so much work lined up, but we no, no one can work right now. So for us, it's crazy. Before we think of uh, diversifying into into other uh, enterprises, we still have a bit of a hope that things might, uh, you know, come back to normal. Uh, but yeah, you know, some of my friends are selling hand sanitizers and tissues and bulk and 
Like they're going for it. You know, I I was just like, nah, that's this is not let me not, you know, get tangled up in this for now. Let me actually take take this time to spend time with my daughter and my family and my wife and just be more of a dad because I'm I'm also very busy when things are busy, you know. So right now for me this is like a reset button. Let me just be a dad for a little bit. Yeah, kick kick the kickback and possibly, you know, work on uh being a dad times two, if not three. You never know when the twins will pop out. But uh you know, <laughs> but, and, and I'm what I'm telling people is this is the best time to read the book you haven't read so you can learn something, to uh write a book to uh, start your podcast, YouTube, to buy a course online, to create a course, like always look in the positive. Cause uh, I mean, I'm, I'm besides kids being home, I'm usually, this is what I'm doing. And I'm just, you know, fighting for time until kids get off school. But this is the time not to panic because Corona, as we know, it doesn't give you diarrhea, uh, <laughs> you know, so there's no need to panic. Just, you know, separation a little bit but nah i just 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 wanted to see and don't believe all those voice notes because people make money in panics like this and these voice notes you know unless it's coming straight from the government not someone my friend heard or they work for it's like first of all <laughs> let, let's be honest if they it's put everything yeah i know in california once the governor did that in california I'm calling my cousins and they're like, they're out and about because if they are talking about letting out prisoners now out here. And so that means they don't have anywhere to hold anyone. So if you are caught out, what are they going to do? You think the police want to touch you? You think, you know, they're going to lock you up in some camp. I mean, this is the beginning of a movie, but it ain't that movie that some people are trying to make money off. I'm of. trying to make it, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That, and if this is the apocalypse, I mean, we've got to read the back of the book and Revelations told us what happened. So for those who believe, you know, I mean, you're supposed to almost kind of be able to rejoice because the time that you've been praising and tithing and putting all that effort into, it's a coming. So what are you, you know, what are you tripping off of? What's going to happen is going to happen. Let Straight me up, man. Yeah. It's all in God's hands, man. We just have to accept uh, whatever, you know, is, is thrown upon us. And they say God doesn't give you situations you can't handle. So. Or a spirit of fear or confusion. So, you know, pop, pop, your, pop your collar and, and keep, it, keep it moving. Now, let me ask you, the jet. That's always something when I, when I look back at your jet picture and I'm thinking, wait, Tafuma was going to fly with everybody else. The, the, the jet, when you do work with the jet, do you have to give the money up front to the, um, the company, the person who owns the jet, or do they take it on the back end? Everything is up front. Uh, the jet, the car, the house. We everything is upfront. We collect the money upfront, so we are able to pay upfront. It gives the owner of the asset a certain comfort to allow people to do what they want to do, you know. And there's been, you know, a lot of uh, producers and directors, especially the ones that are not as professional, that you know go to people, promise something, and then they don't fulfill. So 
some people are skeptical. In fact, I, I don't know how it's like. In, no, I do know how it's like. It's a bit uh, more trusting in the West. In Africa, everything is upfront, man. We don't collect after the work. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you though. I, I like to pay everybody upfront. It, because I like to get paid up front and that's just always been my model. But in the West, uh -huh. you know, here people will do that because they're, they're quick to sue and you can maybe get more money in the lawsuit. And so that, that's why they do it like that or an asset might be um, some, you know, somebody might put their house up on the line. Let, let me ask you this about perception of when you're around all these luxury items you know, they, they see you at the um, online, you have a $300,000 car, but your real car may not be the $300,000 car. How do you deal with people saying, hey, you're driving that? Or I know billionaires who take Lyft and Uber, right? And it's like, yeah, it, 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 this is all for show. How do you deal with that given that family is always first to have their hand out and want something, especially when they see you living like, oh, wow, look at Tafuma's house he gave them. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Well, it, uh, black tax exists, man. You just have to take care of all the people that are close to you, man. And all the people that God has given you as a responsibility as a man, you just have to handle that. Uh, from my side, I mean, um, you know, we, we're doing we're doing quite all right i must say you know i, I there's nothing i want to you know I, i'm thankful to god every day that you know I, I drive nice cars i live in a nice place and i'm capable of doing um you know whatever i need to do some of the assets that i have access to are of a higher um you know bracket than even i am at myself but I use them on a regular. It's just now like regular, regular, you know. So it's things that I'm now used to. And even for, you know, because my company is now six years old. I have had people who I think, uh, you know, have always never really had my best interests or that have seen me grow but have never been supportive to it and have, you know, always looked for the, for the, for the cracks in my in my my movement but i see all those people these days they support me the most you know what I mean? like they I've, I've won them over you know so now i'm at a stage where i don't need to prove too much you know like i've done it i've, I've done enough proving so you know every, everybody knows what time it is you know and they know the the brand value that i've created it's it speaks for itself i don't need to to do much because I'm the only guy who will do what I do, you know what I'm saying? You know, I pull up on a Lambo in your ass, you know what I mean? You know <laughs> yeah. For me, it's nothing. I do it all the time. And um, I'm, I'm also, because it's a business, I, I don't like, I don't play around with a lot of the assets I used to, um, you know, and, you know, just be a bit loud but now I'm, I'm i'm i guess i'm a bit more mature about having keys to a maybach in my hands or having you know uh, a ferrari or whatever for a week or a month it's you know i'm not going to drive it every day for everyone to see me because it's no longer like priority you know what i'm saying 
isn't that something like once you get it, whether it's the house, the car, the clothes, the watch, you're like, okay, that's not important to me anymore. So I always wanted the Aston Martin. And I said, I'd get it at 40 because I thought I could t- uh, you know, handle it then. The closer <laughs> I get to 40, I'm like, I'm looking on YouTube and I say, okay, even if you buy it used, right? It's still an additional $18,000 a year cost after buying it. And I'm like, what else? Who else? could we hire? Who else could we bless? What other things can be done with that money than stunting on people who, as Dave Ramsey always says, don't even know you. They'll never meet you. And and you can rent all that stuff fairly cheap now. I mean, we have apps like Turo here, and I think they might be in South Africa or apps like that, where you can go rent that for a day if you want to stunt at the, you know, the club, but nobody sees you in the club really pull up. Like you can't drive the car inside the club or to some swanky event. So it's like, what am I doing? Am I doing it for people? Or am I doing it? Cause I really like the car. Am I buying the watch? Cause I really like this watch, which I hate all watches. My wife got me this to, you know, monitor stuff like the heart rate. Um, old, old stuff. Um, but you know, but I mean, what, w- what is what is it that 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 vibe that because you're dealing with some high-end stuff i don't know if you even want your own fancy fancy car or airplane when you see what you have to put into it uh well i mean i i do i mean my i've got a couple of cars of my own you know i'm a mercedes-benz fan uh thoroughly thoroughly also like you know jeep so i have my own personal vehicles that um i use um, you know, regularly, and I mean, even even though you know I can afford to go and go get a Lambo, it's not. It doesn't make sense for me to invest. So what I have is a database. I've got a database of more than two four hundred cars that I can get from anywhere. You know, and if I get ten productions in a month in in a week that say we need this car and that car and this and that and this and that. And I can get three or four of those from different places. You know what I mean? But I don't pay every, every month. I don't pay uh, any uh, car payments on any of these cars. Um, I don't pay any insurance on any of these cars. I own them when I rent them out or when I supply them to other people. You know what I mean? But the principles of these vehicles, you know, who I get the stuff from, they have very high bills on those things, you know, and that's the reason why they even allow me to utilize them so that I can give a little bit of change, you know, to, to pay for insurances and to support some of the car payments and ETC. So I'm adding value to them in that way. And they are giving me assets, which I then, you know, rent out and, you know, put our markups on. So knowing this, you know, it, it doesn't make sense for me to, invest into an, an asset that um, I'm going to have a headache, you know, paying for. And sometimes, you know, clients want different things. Not everyone wants, uh, you know, not one Lambo. A Lambo is not going to work every single day of the month. You know, I might rent out five Lambos in a month or 10 Lambos in a month. And then they want something else. So, you know, when you go and you purchase the assets, I'm, I'm now actually giving you, you know, my edge over, over my competition. Because I, I do have competitors that pulled out, a, you know, a couple of stacks, 10M, 
went and bought two or three luxury cars and now their business revolves around marketing those cars and you've got a wide client base that wants so many different things than just those cars you know so those people come to us for cars because our model has got an extensive database and the variety is where we we you know that's that's where we knock out all the other competition in the market because our model i'm, I'm not paying for cars that i'm, I'm not going to need every day you know i'm not paying for things that I, I don't need every day when i need something i'll go and get it it's just like even in camera equipment there's one um, director of photography that i've worked with for many years and he always rents out he just goes, he, whenever a client wants something, he goes and he rents it out. And then he, you know, he includes that on his invoicing. And I asked him, I was like, well, why don't you copy yourself this airy mini on? And he's like, yo, things change every year. Every two years, there's something new. And all the time, the clients want the newer thing. They want the newer Lambo. They want the newer Bentley. They want the newer Maybach. They don't want the older one. You know what I mean? So if I go buy one newer one today, what am I going to do in the next year when there's something else new? Yeah, that's not, that's not wise. I mean, Airbnb, Lyft, Uber, all of them, none of them own those things. So, I mean, you're, you're doing the, this is the new style. This is the new way. of. That's it. exactly what we essentially are. We're a combination of a, an Airbnb and an Uber, you know, because we do, but just for luxury stuff, you know. In fact, I need to set up some meetings with both of those companies and like just have a conversation. Because there's a gap in the market that they can't fill that we have filled, you know, in South Africa, that is. Yeah, I mean, your app is soon to come. I just see it because where the clients, even the regular consumer, like let's say, to me, the biggest stunt now isn't the luxury car. After you, I got to race the Lambo. And after, you know, and people are calling you, hey, you know, after they see you on social media or something, or they catch you at the store every day, they're like, hey, how's the Lambo? How's the Tesla? It's like, yo, dude, I, I was, you know, renting that, right? That's short term. But once you do that, um, to me, the biggest stunt reminds me of a Martin episode where Tommy Davis Jr. Said, uh, came and he used to do Martin's job. And he was like, you know, talking about all the great stuff he had, the big house. And Martin's like, well, what do you drive? And he's like, I don't drive anymore. And Martin's like, ah, I got you. He's like, yeah, <laughs> he was like, you know, he's like, I got the limo, uh, Mercedes limo. And so he chauffeured. That's the stunt now where, and that's what I love about being anywhere overseas. Cause I don't drive anywhere I'm at overseas. Cause I don't want to crash any car in London driving on the opposite side. And that's the stunt is can you be chauffeured around um because i've been driving since i was 15 16. so i, I prefer being driven around like in fact like being chauffeured is the next level past driving you know you're still excited about driving this this you're still you're not yet past that bracket there you know because being driven is that's past now that's that's another level then that means you need drivers and butlers and, you know, and you're generally on another level. 
no, total another level and you're able to get work done. And like I say, I'm seeing multi-millionaires brag about how much more work they're getting done. And you think about the Trumps who, how do you build these empires? You put the time in and you build the relationships, but he's not worried about traffic because whatever he can do, he can do inside his limo, you know, before we were born. Man, mm -hmm. I don't want I don't want to give folks a game overload, but I love to ask the question, what is your community give back that you're doing or that you want to do in the future? Uh, well, I mean, I support a lot of the, you know, upcoming artists um, here in South Africa and in Zimbabwe. And I'm always, you know, shooting free things when I can for them, uh, providing studio time. We've got a couple of studios, free studio time, free PR. You know, we push talent when we see talent that's um, definitely the biggest uh, community give back um, and when we where we can we also support charities when there's situations um, you know that are you know local disasters or national disasters um, or international disasters we're always there to to offer a helping hand but I'd say the biggest give back is you know we we, we encourage the the youth to believe in themselves, to go for their dreams, and where we can, we assist in whatever way is possible. Man, well, that's good game. You guys, I'm gonna give, I don't say this often, but if you contact this man, come out and I want you to say, how can I hire you? How can I work um, with you? But I, I wanna get in your network. I vouch for Tafuma all the way since I've met him. He, he's, he's trustworthy. He made things happen for me that, I mean, I wanted to go places that even he himself at the time were like, you want to go to Soweto? Why? You know, uh, you, you want to go here? He put a lot of things in place for me many moons ago, and I always appreciate that and love the success. And it shows who you are in the beginning is who you will become. So, brother, I thank you for coming on. This episode Thanks is a lot. Yeah, thank you. Blessings, and we'll wrap. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.